one of the big factors that we want to consider when we, you know, sort of decide what this year's symposium is going to be is uh, currentness. Like, what is an issue that is really front of mind? And I think, you know, especially given everything that's been going on the past year, free expression, digital rights, you know, could not be more front of mind, both domestically uh, and internationally. These questions are urgently demanding either, you know, increased thinking or, or even resolution in light of the challenges that, you know, free expression, protest and dissent have faced, you know, in the digital and non-digital spaces. The world has changed so much in the last few decades and so much speech now happens online. And it has transformed itself in ways that I think folks didn't expect and still are kind of parceling through, um, figuring out how to balance the right to express yourself online with the dangers of fake news, false information, incitement to violence, and kind of those corresponding dangers that we see um, the consequences of materially in the world, particularly in the last few months. How do the platforms kind of navigate this problem of fighting against hate speech and disinformation while protecting people's free expression rights? Um, you know, with, with, within these uh, forms that have become so essential for all of us to communicate. And I think that, frankly, I, you know, a lot of us take for granted, especially in the United States. I think this is the way we sort of bring that debate, you know, back into the modern era, being truly global and truly inclusive in that conversation. This Friday and Saturday, February 12th and 13th, the Berkeley Journal of International Law, in conjunction with the Miller Institute for Global Challenges and the Law, will be hosting the annual Riesenfeld Symposium in memory of Professor Stefan A. Riesenfeld, a celebrated and preeminent international law scholar in and beyond the Berkeley Law community. This weekend, we'll be honoring our 2021 Riesenfeld Award recipient, Nani Jansen Reventlow, founding director of the Digital Freedom Fund, career impact litigator in the field of freedom of expression, and thinker and advocate at the forefront of international development of free speech rights. Nani Jansen Reventlow's keynote speech will be followed by a slate of speakers who join her at the forefront of international digital rights and freedom of expression. Devin Bergstein and Sarah Bauer, respectively co-editor-in-chief and executive editor of the Berkeley Journal of International Law, the very reason this year's symposium is possible, are here to reflect on this year's subject, Global Speech Under Pressure, The Promise and Challenges of Free Expression and Digital Rights. But it was really when we found Nani Janssen Reventlo, our keynote speaker, that things crystallized for us and we decided to go the route of kind of the digital space and freedom of expression. Her impact for years of practice is, is we think, absolutely unmatched even by anyone else that we could have chosen. Um, I certainly, I, I, I look at Nani and I think I can make an impact in the world um, in the next few years. That's significant. That is how much of an inspiration that uh, she is to me uh, in the international law space. And we believe that she will be uh, to everyone um, who has the opportunity to listen to her at our wonderful symposium. When we really looked into the names, I think Nani has really stood out as someone who, um, was a leader in terms of the scholarly material in crafting the law, but then also someone who was on the ground actively litigating for freedom of expression and the freedom of the digital space. Um, and like Devin said, she's doing it right now, kind of as we speak, constantly fighting for those rights. And we wanted to honor someone who is out there fighting, you know, fighting the good fight to be a little cliche about it.
the sub overarching theme is this idea of balancing. So on one hand, you do want to make sure that people have access to this freedom to express themselves and to share information online and to have that freedom to speak in the ways that they need to speak and express themselves. On the other hand, you also have this need for protection and to put up bulwarks against um, more nefarious uses of digital speech and the fact that, for example, anyone can spread information online and market it as true, or anyone can start to spread rumors that might potentially incite violence, or that the government can now um, take away people's voices simply by shutting down the internet, which we see happening in multiple countries this week, actually. So this idea that you do need regulation, I think all our panelists will be able to agree on that, but the degree to which you need that regulation and the lines between infringing on people's rights and infringing on their protection is blurry and messy, and that's something that we definitely want to explore. Everything that you tweet out, everything that you share just reaches a wider audience. You become your sort of own, you know, self-publisher. And that carries with it a lot of really important promise and a lot of uh, protection against abuses. I mean, we saw all the good that social media did during the Arab Spring to sort of, you know, broadcast those protests and reveal human rights abuses. We have an entire panel, actually, about uh, the use of citizen media um, and social media. Um, in documenting human rights abuses to recognize the good that power has. But that magnification also goes the other way, uh, as Sarah mentioned, in terms of sharing disinformation, providing a platform for nefarious groups to sort of to organize and even and, and even governments to either, you know, shut off the tap or open it in certain places in order to cause certain effects. So um, it's as much um, it's as much a conference, I think, not only about balancing rights, but about power dynamics, like who has the power to do these things? Should the companies do them? Should the government regulate more closely? Or should, you know, things be left to a more sort of United States kind of more civil liberties or libertarian kind of view of like, you know, just total individual freedom and no control from platforms or from government. So that's a kind of interaction that we uh, want to have here uh, with those with those topics. This sort of came out of another another reason that we sort of thought of this for the symposium is that this is a contribution that the Bay Area consistently is very involved in when it comes to international law, because obviously these platforms, almost all of them are centered around here, the sort of the culture of the United States and the culture of the Bay Area, the tech culture, the economic culture and the political culture heavily influence the decisions that they make that have impacts all around the world. And I think that was one of the things that when we were thinking of it's like, what is one contribution? What is Berkeley particularly well situated um, to sort of to host when it comes to international law. And we think that this was kind of one of the seeds that led to this, you know, symposium flowering from, from that idea. It was choosing, um, it was choosing Nani, of course, but it was also the fact that this is kind of where international law and content regulation is de facto, you could argue, at least in part made, like they're almost the primary actors in defining this space. So we think that'll be a really strong close to this conference. It'll address a lot of really interesting issues. And we think it'll actually bring together a lot of threads. Again, we think this sort of broad range of perspectives on this issue will hopefully show some important differences, but also some commonalities and how we can kind of like address uh, and how we can kind of address this issue of protecting people who dissent from, you know, particularly powerful governments in different places.
This marks the beginning of a new series we'll be releasing this spring, Travaux, the Symposium Series, where we'll sit down with our panelists one-on-one. Look out for our first episode for a closer look at Nani's work in the digital rights space. Yes, of course. (laughs) 